0: Please remain standing in honor of God's word. This morning we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 through 36. Proverbs 8, 22 through 36. This is God's inspired, inerrant, authoritative word. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first. Before the beginning of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master workman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, as we have just read, finding wisdom is a matter of life and death, and if we are to obtain your favor, then we must find wisdom first of all. So we ask that you will grant us this wisdom that comes down from above, and we ask for it with confidence because we ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Imagine, if you will, your son or daughter goes off to college. At the beginning of your child's first day of class, the professor says, I want to be very clear about the purpose for which you are being educated at this university, so let me read to you from our handbook. He then proceeds to read from the school handbook. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John seventeen three, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning, and seeing the Lord only gives wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer and secret to seek it of him. Proverbs 2, verse 3. With this understanding of education, what kind of college would you think your student had been enrolled in? Some conservative Bible college? Well, the professor had just read to the students from the rules and precepts that were to govern Harvard University, adopted September 26, 1642. As the saying goes, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Note that last line in the handbook, and seeing the Lord only gives wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer and secret to seek it of him. And that was from Proverbs 2 verse 3. Uh, When we homeschooled, I would begin the school year by quoting from Proverbs chapter 2. Let me read just a few verses. I love this, and I think it really does set the stage for the beginning of the academic year. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures... Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom. I wonder how many people, more pointedly, I wonder how many of you could be characterized as a man or a woman who is crying out for wisdom. How many of you are earnestly seeking for wisdom, like a person seeks for gold or silver or hidden treasure. Most people assume that they are, but are they really? Let me read from Proverbs 1, beginning at verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. Wisdom is crying out at the head of the noisy street and many people are ignoring her. Many people do not want to hear what she has to say. Now, I am going to assume the best about this congregation this morning. Uh, I'm assuming that one of the reasons why you came here this morning is because you want to be a wiser person, and you want to be instructed by God and His Word. So with that in mind, if you're taking notes, I want to consider wisdom this morning, and I have three questions. The first question is, what is wisdom? The second question is, what is wisdom? I'll give you a different answer. The third question, we will be switching gears. Who is wisdom? But the first question, what is wisdom? Simply put, it is principles or proverbs or axioms to live by. And let me just say right away this morning, you are going to have a lot of verses. Um, we We are in Proverbs. And this is what I would say as far as your takeaway. Um, I'm assuming you want wisdom, and as I said earlier, you want God to speak to you. So if there is one proverb that hits you above all others, then allow God to use that to change you. Sometimes in my devotional reading, I might read through the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalm, Proverbs, but it's usually just one section of Scripture that I sense God wants me to pay attention to. So maybe that's you this morning. But anyways, let's consider some of these, these principles Wisdom is financially living within your means. Proverbs 21:17. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. I remember listening to a message years ago by John Piper, and he said, everybody is struggling financially. If you make $50,000 a year, you're struggling financially. If you're making $100,000 a year, you're struggling financially. If you're making $200,000 a year, you're struggling financially. He said the reason for that is because the more money you make, you, you raise your standard of living so that that fine line between what you make and what you spend is still right there. He said even the millionaires are struggling financially. I mean, have you seen the cost of jet fuel these days? <laughs> but we, we all want to just live a little little higher than our than our means it's it's wise to live within your means wisdom is choosing good friends proverbs 13:20 whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm so here's a good question are your friends helping you or hurting you in your walk with Christ is your boyfriend or girlfriend helping you in your your walk with Christ. Here's here's another principle. Wisdom is getting out of bed and going to work. I didn't say it was going to be overly profound this morning. Much of this is straightforward. The, The real question is, are we implementing the wisdom that we find? Proverbs 6, verse 9, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. Sometimes we act as though the secret to success in life is some great mystery. We just think some people get lucky, other people don't get lucky. Um, I enjoy working out. so Every once in a while I see videos of people working out and they'll say, people say, oh, you're so lucky to have good genetics And then we have the video, here's my luck, and the person is getting up early in the morning and they're going to the gym and working out. Is it really about luck? And honestly, I've I've never understood the contempt that we have towards rich people because most rich people that I know of didn't get there by accident. They work really hard. And maybe we despise them because we realize that perhaps we could be Where they were, if we would work a little harder. Here's another one Wisdom is knowing when to answer a fool and when not to. Proverbs 26 4 and 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And you might be wondering, well, do I answer the fool or don't I answer the fool? And it all depends. It depends on the situation. And this is where you need wisdom to know, should I respond to this person or is my responding going to cause me to just sink to their level and I'll look just as foolish when it's all done? Or should I give them a response so that they understand how foolish what they're saying really is? And that requires wisdom. Another principle. Wisdom is de-escalating a possible volatile situation. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A, a wise person understands, ooh, it's getting a little heated here, let's let's see if we can calm things down. How about them cubs? <laughs> Some, sometimes maybe just a little creativity, but a wise person sees what's what's going on and and can recognize this isn't a healthy situation. Uh, wisdom is saying the right words at the right time with the right spirit. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Isn't that a, a great picture? Now, going through these Proverbs, you might be thinking, this is just common sense. And most of them really are just common sense. But as been said before, common sense is not very common these days. It's, it seems to be lacking, and, it, and I think that in part explains the Jordan Peterson phenomenon. He, he wrote a book recently called Twelve Rules. We could call them Proverbs for Life. Here's a few of them. Number one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. How's that profound, huh? Number three, make friends with people who want the best for you. Number four, compare yourself with who you were yesterday, not with someone else today. Number eight, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Number nine, assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Number ten, be precise. In your speech, someone once said that Jordan Peterson is just common sense on steroids. It's pretty pretty straightforward. But instead of common sense, perhaps what we could call it is common grace. The image of God is, is in all people, Christians and non-Christians alike. And at this point, there's, there's a lot of overlap between what Christians believe and what unbelievers believe. However, I'm going to insist that Christians have an ex- have an advantage when it comes to wisdom because the proverbs that we have in our book are inspired and inerrant and we know they're not just good advice that we can follow or maybe not follow make your bed well maybe I should make my bed maybe I shouldn't and also I think we could look at proverbs like this it's like you remember when you took math class and you had your math book I don't know if they still do that these days. And in the back of the book, if you got stuck, there was an answer key. You're like, ah, I can't figure this out. And you could turn to the back of the book, and there, there was the answer key. We Christians have the answer key. We get stuck. We don't know where to go in a situation. God has given us an answer key And we are so blessed. We might read some of these Proverbs and think, ah, simple, straightforward. But let's understand, we are truly blessed that God has revealed his mind to us. So what is wisdom? It's principles to live by. Number two, what is wisdom? It's characteristics that guide our life. Characteristics that guide our lives. If number one dealt with External principles or rules, number two will focus on internal character or integrity. As with the first point, there's a lot of overlap with unbelievers, but now the Christian is beginning to separate himself a little more. If you were here in previous weeks, you'll recall that we began with Proverbs 1:7: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." Similarly. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I like Job 28.28. And he said to me, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. So this fear of the Lord that characterizes the believer is something that separates us from unbelievers consider a few other characteristics wisdom requires righteousness proverbs 10 20 the tongue of the righteous is choice silver the heart of the wicked is of little worth Jesus was applying this proverb when he said out the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks Whenever any of us speaks anybody in the world what we're doing is we are revealing what is in our hearts. And if we have a heart that fears the Lord, if we have a righteous heart, then what comes out of our mouths, what comes from our tongue will be edifying and glorifying to God. Wisdom requires humility. Proverbs 3:34 Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. James 4, 6 picks up on this Proverbs. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And perhaps some of the grace that God would give to the humble is wisdom in a difficult situation. Wisdom and knowing where to go. And a proud person may, may not ha- have that. But a humble person can have that grace coming from God. Wisdom requires love. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. So a heart of, of love is not going to gossip about what another person has done. Rather, it's, it's going to cover up that that offense and just. Bury it, as though it never happened. Wisdom is gracious and kind. Proverbs 11, 16, 17. A gracious woman gets honor, and a violent man gets riches. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. And one more. Wisdom is generous. Proverbs eleven twenty four. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Commenting on that verse, John Bunyan said, There was a man, some called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Wisdom of the Bible says that when you're generous and you give to others, guess what? It, it comes back to you. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, here's the question I want us to ask ourselves. Why do these principles work? And why do these characteristics work? Here's the answer. Because of God's sovereign ordering of the world and his personal involvement. That's important. They work because our sovereign God has ordered and structured the world so that it operates in a specific way, And he's not a deist. He didn't just wind up the world and then step back and and say, this is going to be interesting. I wonder how this is going to work out. Our God is also personally involved in the world and in our lives. That's one of the reasons why these Proverbs work. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God may grant you peace with your enemies when you please him. That's something that he does. So you look for him to bring peace into your your life. Proverbs 10, verse 3. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. So God says, if, if you live a righteous life, even though it might be costly at your place of employment, guess what? I will take care of you. I will provide for you. You will not go hungry. Proverbs 17, 5. Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. He who is glad a calamity will not go unpunished. So God, God's involved when the, the poor are, are mocked. And in Proverbs 13, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I like that. The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. And why is that? Because God will turn it over to them. Which means, for example, that unless he repents, Bill Gates is storing up his wealth for Bob Whitech. Isn't that awesome? Unless he repents, George Soros is storing up his money for DD Cruz. What's the proverb say? The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. It's true. It will happen in God's time. And maybe at this juncture I need to say one of the most important characteristics for wisdom is faith. Do we believe? that this is how God operates in the world? Do we believe that things are going to turn out like God says they are going to turn out in Proverbs and the rest of his word? So another characteristic we need is that of faith. So what is wisdom? It's principles to live by. What is wisdom? It's characteristics that guide our life. Who is wisdom? We don't usually think of wisdom as a who, we think of wisdom as a what, but we should think of it as a who, and at this juncture, the Christian has completely separated him or herself from the unbeliever, because unbelievers don't know wisdom in a personal way. Now, originally, and some of you saw this if you were paying attention to your your bulletin, I was going to preach this morning... Uh, from Proverbs 1, beginning at verse 20 through the end of the chapter. And this section begins with wisdom crying aloud in the streets. And I thought, before I exegete this passage and preach on it, I should explain who exactly this wisdom is that is crying aloud in in the streets. So I decided to jump ahead a little bit, to Proverbs 8, because I think Proverbs 8, at least in the book of Proverbs, gives us the clearest answer to who wisdom is. And I won't keep you in suspense. Wisdom is Jesus. And I'm going to prove that by connecting wisdom and Proverbs with Jesus in the New Testament. And then I'll address two common objections uh, to that interpretation. So first of all, let's, let's look at the uh, connection proverbs eight twenty two. what does wisdom say the lord yahweh possessed me at the beginning of his work the first of his acts of old esv footnotes for possessed has fathered we'll come back to that in a minute and then notice ages ago i was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, When he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him. Wisdom was with God at creation. But not only was wisdom with God at creation, wisdom was involved at creation. Verse 30, Then I was beside him, Like a master workman. Wisdom wasn't a spectator. Wisdom was involved in this work of creation. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of men. Yahweh rejoiced in wisdom, which was by his side, And in return, wisdom is rejoicing before the Lord always. Now, what do we see when we turn to the New Testament? John 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was Made. That's what Proverbs 8 is saying. Wisdom is there by the side of God and he's involved in the work of creation. John 1 says the same thing. Wisdom in Proverbs is the word in John. By the way, I think this is interesting. John 1 4 says, in him was life, talking about the word, and the life was the light of men. And then in Proverbs 8.35, we read, wisdom says, Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. If you find wisdom, you don't just find principles to live by, you find life. Itself, you find favor from the Lord, and the only one who can give you life and favor with the Lord is Jesus himself. Jesus is God's wisdom who is there at creation. Colossians 2:3, speaking of Christ, says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then just one more, 1 Corinthians 1:24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus, Paul says, is the wisdom of God. I like what Ben Merkles said. He said, when you look at wisdom in Proverbs 8 and Jesus in the New Testament, you realize Clark Kent, Superman, same person. You're, you're not fooled by... The glasses. They are one in the same person. Now, at this point, there's a couple of objections. Um, It seems that there was a time when wisdom came into being. It seems that there was a time when wisdom didn't exist. But I I don't think this is so. Now, one thing is clear. Uh, Wisdom was involved in creation. We have many passages. Psalm 104, 24. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. So God made everything that he did with wisdom. Proverbs three thirty-nine: The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. Now can anyone imagine God saying, Well finally, now that I have brought forth wisdom, I can create the world. Think there ever was a time when wisdom wasn't there for God to create the world? No, wisdom was always there. And also notice that God is delighting in wisdom. So was there ever a time when God didn't have wisdom by His side so that He could delight in, in wisdom? No, wisdom was, was always there, by His side. As I said earlier in Proverbs eight twenty-two, the word possessed could also mean fathered, and, and some think that this means. Fathered at a point in time, but as the Nicene Creed is made very clear, Jesus was begotten, not made. This is an eternal begetting. He didn't come into existence at any point in time. This is why in John 8:58, Jesus could say to the Jews, "Before Abraham was, "I am, because he has always existed, even if our minds don't have the categories to, to understand how that could be. And then the second ob- objection is that uh, Proverbs speaks of wisdom as, as a woman. It's a w- woman crying out in the streets. Uh, the Hebrew word for wisdom is chakmoth. It's a feminine noun. So the personification of wisdom is then a woman crying out. And at this point, we don't want to push the metaphor too far. In the Old Testament, Jesus is also The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when Jesus shows up, we don't push the metaphor and say, well, this is a man, not an animal. It's the same with Proverbs. We don't say, well, wisdom is a woman. No, wisdom is also a man in the person of Jesus Christ. So again, it's just because the noun is feminine. So it's a woman crying out to be listened to. Now, I think this is important. Because we need to realize that when wisdom is speaking, none other than Jesus Christ is speaking. And I think this will help our interpretation. Uh, When we get to chapter 1 next week, Lord willing, we'll see that if we respond to wisdom, wisdom will pour out his spirit to us. And I'm going to argue that that spirit should be with a capital S because it's the Holy Spirit. Wisdom in Jesus Christ is giving us the Holy Spirit. But we'll get into that next week. But wisdom, I want us to see, is more than principles to live by, it's more than instruction. Wisdom is a person. And not listening to wisdom is personal, it is to reject God in Jesus Christ Himself. Now, in closing, I want us to realize that wisdom is in conflict. We often talk about kingdoms and conflict. We can also talk about wisdom and conflict. And that's because there is God's wisdom and there's the world's wisdom. There's the wisdom that comes down from above and there's the wisdom that is from below. James talks about this. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. You can show which wisdom you're living according to by your good conduct and the character of your life. And, and here's what I would say. We, we all need wisdom. On the back of our bulletin, we had the prayer request for wisdom for a long time. And I was telling some people, it's hard for me to remove that prayer request because it seemed that a week didn't go by where someone said, I need wisdom. And the truth is, we do need wisdom. Every single one of us here this morning needs wisdom. And sometimes we, we throw up our hands, we're like, where do we start? Here's what I would suggest. You ready for another profound insight this morning? You're going to be so glad you showed up. Where do we start? Start with what God has put right in front of you what what do we read in James wisdom is first pure start by being pure in a impure immodest world it's peaceable we, we live in a world that's full of conflict just turn on the news we're, we're fighting multiple wars right now but the wisdom from above is is peaceable it's, it's gentle we we live in a harsh world but the wisdom from above is is gentle it's it's open to reason it's full of mercy it goes, it goes on from there And this is why i said earlier it's going to be a lot of verses it, it's proverbs but again i'm i'm assuming the best let's all be open to the spirit of god and we can we can say as david did in psalm 139 Try me, O oh Lord. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And, and, and let's start by being wise with, by responding to what God has put right in front of us. Surely to each one of us this morning, he's saying, you, you could work on this characteristic a little more right here. And we could say, Lord, you are right. Help me to grow in wisdom in and, and that area. And He will here's the great thing. When we cry out to him, he answers. He has promised. If any of you will ask wisdom, James 1.5, just let him ask God. And God will give it to him generously. generously. I love that. God will give it to you generously. Not sparingly, just a little thimbleful. He'll okay, give you just a tiny bit of wisdom. He'll give it to you generously because he's a, a generous God. Let's close in prayer. Again, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how practical it is. We even thank you for how it humbles us and rebukes us. I pray for each one of us this morning that we will respond to your spirit and that we will indeed grow in wisdom, even if it's just a step at a time. Father, lead us us forward by your spirit.